I was reading up on the alien superstructure thing. I know. Uh, way to bury the lead. I guess we can start with that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the things we were going to talk about, uh, like there was like this news headline going around, you know, it's nothing's confirmed, but I guess there's been a star that's been flickering every, uh, dimming a few, every few years, uh, and, you know, one of the possibilities they're exploring is if it's an you know, alien superstructure of some sort, perhaps solar panels or something that would, because they'll look for things like, you know, planets passing between stars to... Yeah. So, what is it? Could be like, could be nothing, could be something, but you know, uh, some object, perhaps an alien superstructure, you know, it's kind of a remote possibility, like, uh, it's causing, like, this star to flicker every, uh, every few years, so huh. like, could be like, you know, maybe like, you know, uh, depending on, you know, how far, whatever the planet or whatever the thing is located is from the star, you know, uh, as it orbits the star, you know, uh, it gets blocked. Wouldn't it be more likely a, a planet or something like that that would be blocking, causing that? Like, what, what do they have to suggest it could be an alien superstructure? Let's see. Because I would think a planet or something like that would be more fathomable. Right? Uh, yeah. To uh, Ryan, it looked like the kind of star he and his colleagues have been waiting for. None of the ordinary reasons for the stars to block quite seem to fit. Perhaps an extraordinary one was, in, extraordinary one was in order. Uh, let's see. I'll, I'll read the story of the whole thing. Uh, All right. Say that. Uh, be a bit louder. Uh, and give ca- credit to the article, too. Uh, yeah, this is from the Washington Post, uh, Morning Mix by Sarah Kaplan. It was kind of unbelievable, uh, unbelievable but it was real bad data, said Yale University astronomer Tabitha Boyajian. Boyajian? Lady boys? No, it's Boyajian. I'm probably butchering the name. I'm okay, sorry. gotcha. No, you're fine. It's B-O-Y-A-G-I-A-N. Uh, we're scratching our heads. For any idea that came up, there was always something that would argue against it. She talked to the new scientists about TIC 8462852. That's like a distant star, star number, yeah. yeah. With a very unusual flickering habit. Sometimes something was making the star dim drastically every few years, and she wasn't sure what. Boyajian wrote a uh, wrote a paper on possible explanations for the star's beha- bizarre behavior, and was published recently in the monthly notices of the Royal Astronomical Society. But she also sent her data to fellow astronomer Jason Wright. A Penn State University researcher who helped develop helped develop a protocol for seeing signs helped develop to this their copy editor needs to get fired. You just be helped develop. <laughs> and it's a Washington Post. Maybe you should have a job. Eh. Newspapers are dying. A protocol for seeking signs of an early civilization, wondering what he could he would make of it. To write, it looked like the kind of star he and his colleagues have been waiting for. If none of the ordinary reasons for the star's flux quite seemed to fit, perhaps an extraordinary one was in order. Aliens. aliens. Or, to be more specific, something built by aliens. A, quote, swarm of megastructures, quote, unquote, as he told the Atlantic, lightly outfitted with solar panels to collect energy from the star. Uh, when Boyajian showed me the data, I was fascinated, fascinated by cra- how crazy it sounded, Wright said. Uh, aliens should always be the very last hypothesis you consider, but this looked like something you would expect an alien civilization to build. To be sure, both Boyajian and Wright believe the possibility of alien megastructures around KIC Eight four six two eight five two is very very remote. It's worthy of hypothesis, Wright told Slate, but we should also approach it skeptically. Yet, compared to the vast majority of supposed sightings of signs of like extraterrestrial life, this one has some credibility. Here's why: KIC eight four six two eight five two was discovered through Planet Hunters, a citizen science program launched at Yale University in 2010. Using data from the Kepler Space Telescope. Volunteers sift through records of brightness levels from roughly 150,000 stars beyond our solar system. 
Ordinarily, planet hunters are looking for the telltale drops of brightness that happen when a planet crosses in front of its sun. That's how we identify planets now, brief interruptions in the progress of light as it makes its way toward Earth. Not a presence, but an absence. Already, the project has uncovered a few confirmed planets and at least several dozen more planet candidates. But one finding from the program was unlike anything else scientists had ever seen. Volunteers worked it out as unusual in 2011, right after the program started. A star whose light curve seemed to dip tremendously at irregular intervals. At one point, about, 100, about, at one point, about 800 days into the survey, the star's brightness dropped by 15%. Later, around day 1,500, it dropped by a shocking 22%. Whatever was causing the dips, it could not have been a planet. Even a Jupiter-sized planet, the biggest in our solar system, would only dim the star by 1% as it transited across. Slate reported. The Kepler telescope was badly damaged in 2013, so the researchers don't have data for more recent dips, if there were any. Another natural force must be at work here. In their papers, Voyation and her colleagues went to great lengths to review and refute the more obvious explanations for the display. It wasn't a mistake caused by a problem with the telescope or their data processors. They checked their data with the Kepler mission team and found no problems for, for nearby stars when they checked their light curves against neighboring sources. It wasn't the star's fault either. Some young stars, still in the process of accumulating mass, will be surrounded by a whirl of orbiting dust and rock and gas that can blur or block their light. But this star wasn't young, Voyagin found, nor did it look like other kinds of stars that demonstrate this light variability. Something must be blocking the star's light from the outside, the paper concluded. Maybe catastrophic crashes in the asteroid belts? Maybe a giant collision in the planetary system that spewed debris into the solar system? Maybe small protoplanets shrouded in a pig pen-like cloud of dust? But every explanation was lacking in some way, with the exception of one. Perhaps a family of comets orbiting KIC 84628852 had been disturbed by the passage of another nearby star. That would have sent chunks of ice and rock flying inward, explaining both the dips and their irregularity. It would be an extraordinary coincidence, as the Atlantic put it, for that to have happened at exactly the right moment for humans to catch it on a telescope. It's only been aloft since 2009. That's a narrow band of time, cosmically speaking. Then again, KIC 8462852 itself is extraordinary. Of the 150,000 or so stars within view of the Kepler telescope, it is the only one to flicker and dim in this unusual way. Voyagin's paper only looks at natural explanations for the phenomenon, she told the Atlantic, but she's open to looking at unnatural ones, which is where Wright and his swarm of megastructures theory come in. Scientists, at least the ones who like to theorize about these things, have long said that an advanced alien civilization would be marked by its ability to harness the energy from its sun, rather than scrabbling over its planet's resources like us puny Earthlings. They envision something like a Dyson sphere, a hypothetical megastructure first proposed by physicist Freeman Dyson that would orbit or even encompass a star, capturing its power and putting it to use. Didn't Dyson create the Terminators? Miles Dyson? <laughs> Alien robots, shit. <laughs> We're putting it to use. Obviously, a Dyson sphere has never been spotted in real life, though they're all over science fiction. But if one were to exist, it wouldn't look like a metal ball around the sun. Oh, crap, they worked with metal, just like the Terminators. It would probably comprise <laughs> a chain of smaller satellites or space <clears throat> habitats, something that block its star's light as weirdly and irregularly as the light of KIC 8462852 has been blocked. Huh. That's why researchers who are interested in finding alien life are so excited about the finding. Voyagin Wright and Andrew Simeon, the director of the Search for uh, Extraterrestrial Intelligence Research Center at the University of California, Berkeley, are now working on getting access to the massive radio dishes they can point at the star in search of the kinds of radio waves usually emitted by technology. 
If they find them, well, that would be very big and very, very unlikely news. Of course, the star in question is about 1,481 light years away from Earth, meaning that even if aliens did create a giant solar complex out, complex out there, they did so in the 6th century, while we were emptying chamber pots out of second-story windows and fighting off the first bubonic plague pandemic. Quite a bit has changed on Earth since then. Who knows what could have happened around KIC 8462852. Alright. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it's... I'm not saying it's aliens, but maybe? Aliens? No, this will just happen to be on... You know, next season of Ancient Aliens, they'll talk about this. <laughs> no, like, you know, it's... You know, like, uh, one of the... I think one of the struggles with being a science writer, I think... Uh, oh, wait, we have an alien beer... Uh, an alien with a head of a hop, apparently. Galaxy Fest. Oh, probably his hop with uh, Galaxy yeah, Hops. Yeah, Galaxy Hops. Uh... One of the difficulties of uh, be- of science writing uh, is that uh, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes journalists screw up and uh, they'll take you know uh, a scientific survey or finding and then extrapolate from there incorrectly, uh, and that can cause some issues where they're like, oh, uh, such- doing this such and such causes this, but you know. Uh, you know, they kind of buried the lead, buried the lead a little bit with this story, but you know, it's it's a cool story. It's you know, it's interesting to read. You know, I'm not sure. You know, if there if it is handling a superstructure or not, but you know, it's it's cool that we're able to you know kind of uh, do stuff like this to you know explore our galaxy uh, and the surrounding galaxies and the the universe a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, so do the honors and talk about this beer for us. All right, uh, this is from uh, this is uh, Galaxy Fest. Uh, it's a Galaxy Hopped, uh, I'm assuming IPA or Pale Ale. Based on uh, American the... IPA. Okay, yeah, I can tell by the golden color. It makes sense. It's a uh, IPA. yeah. It it's says a... American IPA above the name. Oh, on I top. Oh, now I see it. Now. Yeah, it looks like they borrowed the font from uh, the opening of the first Men in Black. I can see that. Yeah, it's like a very thin. It almost reminds me of like the like the Batman uh, Adventure Spawn a little bit. Like yeah, that. yeah, so yeah. Title. I can see that. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's a Galaxy Hop uh, IPA, I assume, based on. Yeah, you can. I think uh, Galaxy Hops have a kind of more distinct smell to it. Yeah, they kind of like funky. That was like well, not really funky, but like a you know, little citrusy, bright. Yeah. Uh, then the pack, pack uh, the print from the word stuff on the label. Uh, from four fifty north. Uh huh. Located in Columbus, Indiana. In space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> I heard that in the movies once. But this is real life, and you hold in your hand an American IPA brewed with Galaxy Hops. For a flavor profile that's out of this world, or any world, for that matter. So take a sip before I run out of the space puns. <laughs> that's actually, that's pretty tasty. Yeah, I haven't sipped it yet, but it smells pretty darn good. Man, too bad we're not drinking out of clear uh, glasses. We're drinking out of slightly tinted Coca-Cola glasses, unfortunately. But they have the shape of like a pint glass, so. Yeah, that's all I had. No, this works fine. I mean, there's only two of us, two of us so, you know, the, the uh, beer fest one would have been a little impractical yeah. for our purposes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, while we're drink- drinking this, we can move on to another universe, which is going to be making some changes. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as we said last week, they've announced an Ant-Man sequel and three yet-to-be-titled release dates. Now... News broke yesterday that they will be co-producing uh, 
two X-Men TV shows with Fox. One of which is based on uh, the... Uh, uh, why Why am I spacing the name now? Uh, the Hellfire Club. Oh, okay. Uh, one of the shows would be based on the Hellfire Club, which is a very interesting concept. That would be neat. Uh, especially if they do like a period piece and show you like early Hellfire Club. Um, the second one is based on the uh, X-Men character Legion. Who is uh, Professor Xavier's son, I believe. Is but it? I think so. Let me double check on that. I thought he was one of the new mutants. Maybe. Either way, I don't know who the fuck it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was a new mutant. I might be wrong. But the cool thing that comes out of that, however far these two shows might go, hell, they might only make it to Legion pilot. Legion is the mutant son of uh, Professor Charles Xavier and Gabriel Haller. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, he was... Uh, in, but you're, you're right, he is from the New Mutants. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was introduced, first appeared in New Mutants, uh, number 25, uh, from March of 1985. Gotcha. Created by uh, Chris Claremont and Bill Sankowitz. Gotcha. Uh, so another... Uh, I'm pretty sure... He would probably... Claremont probably also created the Hellfire Club. Yeah, uh, he did actually. Yeah. Because yeah, I want to say it first appears during like the uh, Dark Phoenix saga, maybe. Yeah, that's my, that's my guess, too. So every X-Men property so far has been based off of Chris Claremont work. Hopefully he's getting the checks for that. Eh, I, I don't know. Go back and listen to our uh, interview with him. Uh, I'm telling the, the listeners to go oh, okay. back and listen to the, the interview with Chris Claremont. Uh, he kind of seemed a bit bitter about the whole thing, so maybe, maybe not. Yep, no I know not. he's cameoed in them, so mm-hmm. he's at least getting a check. He cameoed in both X3 and in Days of Future Past. So, there's a possibility. Maybe he's getting something. Yeah, I don't mind that, you know, uh, I know it's a work-for-hire company, but, you know, uh, uh, unless you're, like like we learned in James Heaven Bob Strike Back, unless, you know, the contract, you know, specific, specifically has a thing about uh, transferring uh, characters uh, yeah. to another medium, you know, they, they might own home... I, I think it's also the right thing to do, especially with the older Golden Age creators, you know. Yeah. Well, actually, that's something we haven't talked about on the show, is Bill Finger, which we can get to in a bit. Oh, yeah, what happened with that, uh, that he's officially being given credit for creating Batman? He, he's... Or for creating Batman? Uh, well, I guess we can go ahead and talk about it now. Uh, off track a little bit, but um, he is going to be credited on Gotham as co-creator of Batman and on Batman v Superman. So, hopefully, uh, down the road, he'll be giving given full credit. Mm-hmm. Well, not full credit, at least. Hopefully, his name will appear on more stuff. Because, okay, while he might not have created Batman, he created Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. he created Commissioner Gordon, the Penguin, oh. <laughs> Gotham City. Yeah, like, I, I saw, like, a, uh, like, a thing about, like, a, what if, uh, what if, uh, Bob Kane had just created Batman by itself. It was just like uh, a guy in a red costume with uh, like bat wings from like an Leonardo da Vinci drawing. Yeah. And, uh, Commissioner Gordon beating up common street thugs. Yeah. So everything, everything about Batman is giving credit to, to Bill Finger. But I mean, you also have to give credit to Bob Kane because Bob Kane was the businessman mm-hmm. who, like the next day after they created the character, went to DC Comics without Bill Finger and sold the character to DC Comics. How shitty is that? No, oh, well, and 
You know, Bob Kane's getting a, a star on the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame next week. How, I don't know. I can't help but feel a bit cheated. You know, especially for Bill Finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, quick bit of trivia. Bill Finger's the only Batman creator to have worked on Batman, uh, the Batman 66 television series. Oh, wow. Only writer to work on both the book and the television series. Oh, like the, the like the Batman sixty six. Yeah, the, the yeah, I didn't realize he was still alive. Yeah, cool, good for him. Yeah, well, he worked. Well, he worked wrote the comics at the time, and uh-huh. then was the only person to write an episode of the Adam West Burt Ward okay, TV series. I, oh, yeah, because I, I know there's a Batman yeah sixty six comic book that was out recently. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, that's just the name that's been given to. The TV series. It's now referred to as Batman 66. Okay, cool. So, that way when people are talking about right, it... Right, they don't get confused like yeah. you just did now. Or yeah. I just did now. It's now Batman 66. So, even on like the merchandise and everything, it says Batman 66. That makes sense. Yeah. How come Batman doesn't dance anymore? <laughs> the bat two No, I, I saw the Prince music video, Andrew. <laughs> well, this was, you know... Yeah, I know. I, I know. <laughs> Very nice to meet you, Mr. West. Like we slowly kids. <laughs> uh, do you come with the car? <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> well, and I mean, there was a big deal about getting Adam West his star on the Walk of Fame. I don't know if you know the hoops and loops they had to go through to do that. We can just go ahead and slide it back in the slot there. Uh, no, I hadn't heard about that. But uh, speaking of Adam West, uh, I never watched this pilot myself, but. Uh... It was like this really famous uh, pilot that didn't get picked up, uh, I think written by Conan O'Brien yeah. called Look Well, uh, uh-huh. starring Adam West. I hear it's supposed to be really, really funny. Yeah, you can watch clips of it. You can find clips of it on YouTube uh, and another, another fun, uh, Another fun uh, pilot that didn't you know, get picked up uh, was uh, Hate Flash and Jack. Uh, it was a show from like Ben Stiller and Dan Harmon uh, uh-huh. starring Jack Black. Jack Black, yeah. And Owen Wilson as uh, Heat Flat, Heat Vision, I think. Yeah. From... Late nineties. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Uh, he was like an astronaut. He went down to space and became super smart. And he had a talking bicycle uh, yeah. or motorcycle. It was. I watched the pilot. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, I forget the. Uh, he's a regular character actor. He's since passed away. But uh, if you remember on Buffy, you know uh, Giles' girlfriend who gets killed by Angel. Yeah. Remember her uncle comes in comes to visit her. I uh, don't remember. It's been a while. Let me see if I can find. Uh, All right, I'll have to. I'll have to. Man, I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember the actor. Mm-hmm. Hell, I'm spacing her name. What was her character? I don't remember. Name? Damn it. That's such a good death, too. You get Giles walking up to her room all covered in, like, pathway of roses leading up because they were on a romantic date, and I think Giles might have been. Oh, yeah, he was also in, uh, he ready was in, the, to he was in the Batman film, Batman Returns, and he was in uh, One Full of the Cuckoo Smith. Oh, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. I didn't realize, I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, he was in Heat Vision. You like, I'm good with some of these, some of the character actors. You know, I know the names of like you know Brian Doyle Murray, uh, who's Bill Murray's brother. Uh, now I'm drawing a blank on another one's name. Like, uh, but he was the Big Lebowski. He was also the mayor in uh, Blazing Saddles. You know, the, gotcha. oh, horse shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Call, call on in, but we don't want any of the Irish. Ah, that was good. Um, yeah. But back to uh, back to the Marvel news, uh, with Marvel and, and Fox working together on these TV shows, it's leading to the possibility 
that maybe, just maybe, uh, Marvel has gotten partial rights back to the Fantastic Four. Which would make sense. Why would they produce those TV shows together if they weren't getting something out of it themselves? And with them announcing three untitled films last week, and with the rumors that they were canceling Inhumans, did you hear any of those? Yeah. Rumors are going around that they were canceling the Inhumans. So, it could totally work that one of those untitled releases would be a Fantastic Four film. It, honestly, I was talking to, to Gilman about it earlier. I would be more okay with having the Inhumans royal family as a supporting character in a Fantastic Four movie. Mm-hmm. Especially, I don't know... I, I haven't been the biggest Inhumans fan. Like, I don't know if they could work as a film by themselves. I actually had a great idea for how they could do the FF and the Inhumans. Because, uh, obviously, the, the stuff with the Trojanists. Yeah. Which is going on on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right, right now. Uh the Fantastic Four, they land on the dark blue side, blue side of the moon, mm-hmm. blue part of the moon, and they're exploring, and then they get exposed to ter- the Terrigen Mist. Yeah, that would be an interesting way to, to tie their origin in with the Inhumans. Mm-hmm. That'd and, be neat. It could work. It would make more sense than Cosmic Rays or something. Yeah, like. I mean, I, the, I think the interdimensional thing works pretty well, like in the Ultimate Comics, but... Well, now maybe not, because in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they've established Inhumans, the people that are being unlocked by the, the Terrigen Mist. Uh-huh. Were like a warrior, warrior class, descendants of a warrior class created by the Kree. Okay. So on the show, they're like, they they've established rules for the Terrigen Mist. That's already. true. I forget. I forget they think that. Uh, that's right, because I know that the Inhumans were a Kree uh, weapon. Type. Yeah. That's right. Uh, although I do know that the Terrigen Mist can have uh, can have you know funny effects on at on least in the humans. comics on, on mutants too. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, yeah. like Quicksilver got his powers back that way in the comics. I yeah. believe. After uh, House of M, mm-hmm. um, which could be a way they could bring Quicksilver back from the dead too, uh, or you know his al- reality uh, uh, altering sister could bring him back at any time. Yeah. Um, but even even more still, if they're working with Fox to do two Marvel TV shows, what's keeping Fox from working with Marvel five years down the line? Mm-hmm. Because uh, Brian Singer is wrapping up his X-Men uh, franchise, his version of the X-Men franchise, which recently did what? Kind of re- 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 rebooted their history. So the from 1974, or whenever Days of Future Past took place, is now open. Um, okay, you have Deadpool, which could just... M- it's easy to probably set that solely in the X-Men universe, sure. Mm-hmm. But the Gambit's in the air, whether or not it's actually going to happen or not. It's director dropped out. I don't think anybody else has come in. And then you get Old Man Logan. I actually think that the Gambit film could work if it was like, you know, it was like, you know, it didn't take itself seriously because I know Channing Tatum wasn't talked for that. Yeah, he's signed on yeah. to play Gan- Gambit. And Channing Tatum is actually a pretty good actor. Yeah, he's fun. Especially with comedy. Like, yeah. And even more serious stuff. But I, I, I think with Gambit, you know, that might work better with like, you know, you know, well, kind of a self-aware uh, film. Because I, I, I think, yeah, the character is goofy enough that, you know, he would look, would, would look kind of ridiculous on screen. Yeah. Uh, like the glowing red eyes and everything. Uh, well, I actually like Taylor Kitsch. As Gambit in Wolverine Origins. Taylor Kish is a good actor. He just uh, he 
kind of has the anti-Midas touch, it seems. Lately. You right? Which sucks because he's in the, like you know. I like Jim Carter. Nobody else liked John Carter. Pretty good. I mean, I think what hurt John Carter is uh, all the. They had a basketball name. <laughs> Coach Carter. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, well, I think what hurt it is that uh, Disney didn't know how to market the film. There's that, then also that you know the John Carter series is so influential on so many aspects of science fiction and fantasy that it's like, oh, well, I've seen this shit before. Even yeah, now, true. John even Carter's though it's an original. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it looked a lot like Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that, there's that too. Uh, it'd be like uh, somebody watching uh, the Spice Girls film, Spice World. Was actually, yeah, it was a pretty fun film. Uh, and then watching A Hard Day's Night, it was like, uh, the Beatles ripped off uh, the Spice Girls. <laughs> Did you hear rumors of uh, the reunion tour? Yeah, with them and the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, I, I would totally go to that show. I, I, I probably wouldn't go to that, but you know. I would uh, want to go to it. I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go, but I would want to go. I'd be there in spirit. No, it, it seems like a... Seems like it'd be a fun night, you know. But a lot of people my age would dig that, you know. I'd be happy for them. I'd be happy for them, you know. Getting to play. If you had, if you were given a free ticket to go, would you go? I would consider it. I just, yeah. I just, you know, uh, most, you know, I'm one of those crab asses when I go to a concert. A lot of the times, like if it's, especially if it's a weekday, you know. Uh, I hate going to concerts on weekdays. Me too. It's like you know, I'm like okay, you know. Uh, I gotta be up in the morning. Exactly. Come on. It's like you know, all right, at the end of this time, I'll get this many hours of sleep. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, well, that's why I'm glad midnight showings. Well, they stopped really doing midnight showings for movies, and now they start at like seven because normal people like to get a good night's rest before going to work the next day. Um, uh, then like you know, with uh, concerts, you know, uh, I, I kind of like them like it were like the general admission shows. So I, because I don't care about being near the front, I'll be in the back that way. You know, I can get beers, I can go to the bathroom. It's not being able to move for a couple hours and it gets really hot and uh, yeah. you in there and you know, that's no fun for anyone. No, no, it's not. The dogs are but, barking. But, you know, like, uh, sometimes when I go to a concert, like, everybody, like, you know, uh, everybody else is having a good time and I'm like, I'm not enjoying myself. It's, I, mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with what's going on stage. I'm just not into it as everyone else, you know. Are they faking it or is it because I'm an anhedonic asshole? <laughs> Maybe a little of both. A little coffee, a little coffee. Uh... But no, I, I don't think it would be that hard to, to make this work. But, okay, we have Gambit. And then, you know what else we have coming up? Old Man Logan. Did you read Old Man Logan? Um, I did not. It was Mark Miller, right? Yeah, Mark Miller. It they crossed over with some other stuff of his, right? Um, ish. Yeah. His, he had three books out at the time that uh-huh. all kind of made references to each other. One that took place in, like, our world, but... A kid was reading superheroes. It was it was weird. I don't quite remember the the whole premise. And then he was also writing FF at the time. Uh, but Old Man Logan was a story about Logan going across America with his good buddy, co-star of the book, Hawkeye, a blind Hawkeye, dealing with all aspects of a post-apocalyptic Marvel universe. Sure, the movie could work by itself. So basically, it was like the Green Lantern, uh, Green Arrow book from the seventies. Well, kind of. Yeah, the, the hard traveling heroes. Yeah. Um, okay, probably not like that no. at all. But it was uh, them in the spider buggy driving across. Oh fucking a! Driving across America, dealing with the Hulks. The Hulk was an in- the Hulk started this inbred uh, Hulk community that took over half the country. So you get these red at, redneck incest hawks. Oh, God. That's, um, that's terrifying. Yeah. 
I think it was I think it was Bruce and his cousin that started this. So there's that. That'll never make it into any movie, but you know they could still have like a legion of hulks. Mm-hmm. You know they could still deal with that. Oh, here's how they do it. I think Doctor Doom was the bad guy. Blood transfusion, like like how Jennifer yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. hasn't got in the first place. Yeah, f- true. I, I think maybe it was either Kingpin or Doom or I forget who the bad guy was. I, I like it. I like it. I like it whenever there's like a power vacuum and then uh, Doom steps up, like when there's you know the apocalyptic setting, like like in uh, I know he's like the kind of bad guy. He was the bad guy in Secret Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the current Secret Wars. Yeah, still not fucking over. <laughs> Jesus. No, they added an issue. I think I don't even remember what the last one. The last one that I think I own is six, uh, seven, and eight. I maybe have come out. I don't know. I've lost track. But issue nine doesn't come out until December. Issue nine comes out in December. Wow. Well, they added it on. They tacked it on. It was only supposed to be eight issues. Uh, I think when they do that shit, like when they do that with, uh, I think they did that with uh, like uh, the Secret Invasion. I want to say. Maybe. No, this is cool. Uh, we're drinking uh, from Four Hands Brewing uh, Resurrected IPA. Uh, I can't tell what hops are in this one, but uh, the front is kind of like a stained glass motif like you find in a church, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, like an Irish Catholic church. Uh, and uh, it's not bad. It's a little bit more bitter tasting, but, you know, that might be because we just had the Galaxy Hop. Uh, yeah. One. But one thing I like to have on the can... Uh, it smells good. It's just food pairings. Uh, mild curry. And yeah, I saw curry. that. I thought yeah, you would like that because of your current... Job. Uh, yeah, like a. Yeah, I'm the beer buyer at Goose the Market. Uh, that's a gourmet market in Indianapolis. Uh, it's also uh, a meat manufacturing chain. Uh, like, uh, as I understand it, Smoking Goose has uh, meat products that uh, they're the only place you can get it in the country. So we're uh, places you know as far east as New York and then Chicago and maybe uh, even further west than that. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't realize that, but nice. No, like a. Pairing beer and with food is, you know, kind of a fun challenge. It's, you know, it's similar to uh, wine, you know. Wine might be, uh, wine, I say, is a little bit harder. Yeah, for, I mean, wine is relatively easy as far as, you know, uh, the basics for pairing with food. Like, uh, yeah, if you had fish, you'd pair that with a white wine, uh, red sauce, you know, red wine. Yeah. But, uh, you know, wine is more subtle. I mean, you could tell by the packaging where, you know, you're not going to have, like, uh, some, like, you know, freaked out, ruined out uh, m- uh, mouse uh, driving a monster truck with an eight ball, uh, Stick shift, uh, like you might get with beer. Pacers lead Cavs at the end of the first. Yeah, I was. I, I saw that. Like they were, uh, they uh, they went on a nineteen-two uh, run. Uh, it's no starters for the Cavs. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I figured. No LeBron, Kyrie, or Love, which makes sense. Cause, yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, preseason. That, yeah, that's, that's so good to see. But uh, I'm sure we we're not playing any of our starters. If so maybe a couple minutes. Maybe like the first quarter, first yeah. half. Yeah, George Hill had uh, like uh, was leading the start of the day, like. Uh, 14 points or something. Oh, or, wow. Or 9 points. And then uh, Yal Mahimi and Monte Ellis had uh, 7 apiece. Nice. Uh, but yeah, back to uh, Marvel and the X-Men. I I don't see any reason that with this rebooted X-Men universe, they can't retrofit it into the Marvel universe. You know? Especially with the rebooted timeline. What's to stop them? It seems like, you know, some, a, a situation that could be mutually beneficial, uh, you know, they've seen how the... That's what Sony's looked at it as with Spider-Man. You've seen how, like, the Fantastic Four uh, reboot uh, did in August. Uh, it, it, Josh Tranked? <laughs> Tank, yeah. And instead of tanked. I see what you did there. Yeah. 
Yes, uh, yes, David, I understand puns. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I'm proud because I hardly ever do puns. Yeah, that, that was good. And I, I, I like Trank. I, I, I loved uh, 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 the superhero one he yeah, did. Yeah, what the fuck was it? Uh, not the Fantastic Four. Yeah, obviously, but... Uh, uh, the found footage one. Why can't I... My brain is not working today. Well, we have been, we've had. I I know we have the Google. No, we I have IMDb. Oh no! I was saying uh, I was gonna blame it on the blame it on the beer. No, we've had. Alcohol, I've had. Alcohol. I haven't had a full beer yet. Well, I've I eaten dinner, so maybe that's why I'm lucid, not so lucid. Uh, I did. Oh, uh, I did have a couple at work. Something with uh, Chronicle. Chronicle, yes. I think there was a CLE on it. Yeah, Chronicle. Which, that movie was a lot of fun. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan was in that as well. I yeah, think. yeah. I like him as an actor. Like, I, I can't, like, I can't, I, you know what? I can't wait to see him as Apollo Creed's son. That, that, looks that movie looks awesome. Because, you know, what I liked about that trailer is it, it looked like an awesome boxing movie. And then they show you Rocky. And then you're just like, oh shit, this is a Rocky film. You know, I, I like that. It was a, it's a neat touch to that trailer. But yeah. Uh, do you see any reason they can't make it fit? No, especially with the reboot of the timeline. You know, it's, it seems like it's very feasible. I mean, uh, like, you know, well, like, well, you know, like, you know, make meetings a newer thing or something like that. Because, uh, you know, then people are like, well, why, why, why weren't they in any of the other Marvel films? Well, they could have a coming out party. <laughs> Something like Xavier, like, you know... Uh, Mind-wiped everybody. And that, or, was, that caused his rift with Magneto. Yeah, that could, be, that could work. Uh, yeah, that could easily work. No, it's, it's totally workable. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, uh, I sent David a text earlier explaining the same thing. Uh, okay, the heroes that we know were established in the 80s, which is when Apocalypse takes place. We now know Ant-Man and Wasp were operating in the 80s. There are just some, like, reference to them in Apocalypse. There you go. E- easier said than done. But still, it could totally work. I don't see any reason not to. Yeah, like, uh... Granted, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they've kind of taken the Inhumans and put them into that mutant role. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say, uh... Yeah. Marvel did that because they never thought they'd get the rights back. So, I mean, if they have worked out some partnership, why not? Uh, you know, maybe it would piss off fans, but it'd be kind of cool that uh, maybe uh, the scrolls have gotten wind of uh, the Inhumans tampering, so they fucked with the human DNA, too. Which, which, if they do have Fantastic Four back... They get the scroll They rights. get the scrolls, right. Galactus, Silver Surfer, all in time for Infinity War. I have the weirdest boner right now. I know, right? Because that would be... All in time for Infinity War. And even even if they can't make the X-Men work pre-Infinity War, reality-altering gems, you could easily retcon using the Infinity Gauntlet. Ooh. Ooh. They do the Illuminati thing with the Xavier stuff. Yeah. Xavier uses one of the gems to make uh, people not know about mutants. Yeah. That's why we haven't seen anything about mutants. There. There you go. Where's my no prize, Marvel? Except we know where the Infinity Gems have been, though. We know where the Mind Gem currently sits. No, that's the Soul Gem. The Soul Gem's in Vision. 
We don't know where the mind gem right, is. Right, right, like, because this, maybe this all happened, you know, maybe it's like a, okay, it can't be the whole Illuminati, but, you know, yeah. let's, say, let's say Xavier uh, was on an archaeological dig in Egypt, you know, and yeah. an apocalypse happened or something, there. There, there you go. Oh, speaking of uh, that... Oh, yeah. Mr. It, Sinister? Yeah. Brian Cranston? Which would be pretty cool. I don't, I, except for the fact that I've never liked Mr. Sinister. I've, he's my least favorite X-Men villain. For, for I'd rather take uh, Mojo over fucking Mr. Sinister. For, uh, actually, you know who I think uh, Brian Cranston would make a good uh, X-Men villain of? Huh. Uh, Striker. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, but, and, but, I mean, you know what? You, right, you have Brian a, Cox. Yeah, Brian Cox is right. He's pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you, you know what I've always pictured Mr. Sinister as for some reason? I think it's because of the 90s cartoon with his uh, flat top haircut. Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, actually. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme? No. Who? Uh, LeVar Burton. Really? Yeah. Huh. Or, well, maybe I, I also thought, I think it's because of uh, the... Because, like, on uh, Captain Planet, his character, uh, yeah, Kwame, had the... The flat top. Yeah, fair enough. Huh. All right. Ooh, Idris Elba as Mr. Sinister. Idris Elba as anything. Idris Elba as Sauron. Yeah. Or Sauron, right, maybe. I'd... Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just so excited about the possibilities. Oh, uh, speaking of, uh, like... Cause we could get... We could have Stan Lee actually be the Watcher. That would be pretty cool. Uh, but speaking of, like, uh, Sauron, let me think of, like, uh, this awful, uh, like, Photoshop of Bill Cosby on, uh, Kobe Bryant with a, with, like, a date rape pill instead of a, oh. uh, basketball. But oh. he, his next thing would be hilarious. Uh, All right. Uh, either Gollum or Sauron uh, getting dunked on by Frodo in the ring instead of a basketball, <laughs> and the basket would be, uh, Mount Doom. All right. Because, uh, the bird, uh, the lizard man. Sauron, Sauron, Sauron. Yeah, I got it. Yep. Uh, and, you know, you could, they could then have the Shi'ar. You could have the Shi'ar Empire. Just think of how... Okay, right now... Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy was great. But how much of the uh, space stuff do they actually have the rights to? Alright, uh, we're going to have another beer, uh, Act of Defiance, from uh, 18th Street, which is a brewery, brewery uh, located in Gary, Indiana. Uh, yeah, if you're driving up from uh, Indianapolis or anywhere else, and you're going up 65, it's right off the 65 and 94, right at that exit. It's a really nice spot. I, I stopped there when I went to, when I was driving to Milwaukee uh, back in March of uh, this year. Uh, they have like, you know, pretty, they have a nice little... Uh, Brew pub type thing you can get. You know, I love that artwork too. Yeah, pretty. The, their cans are like this nice texture. You can get uh, pretty good food there, and you know they've uh, lots of cool stuff on tap, and then cans to go. Do you want to? Do you want to read the can for us? Yeah, sure. After defiance, double India Pale Ale. Sometimes the beer takes on a life of its own and refuses to play by the rules. A straightforward recipe of water, fire, hops, and malt combined with sheer willpower and determination boldly resists your taste buds. Your taste buds notion of what a beer can be. Uh. Drew, the uh, head brewer of uh, 18th Street, uh, he uh, got us to uh, start doing uh, contract brewing. Uh, I forget what brewery in Chicago, but that's where they kind of got their start brewing product for them. Uh, I want to say maybe that they were a Kickstarter head business as well. Yeah, yeah I think that's brewers. right, yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, they've, uh, they're maybe about two or three year years old at this point. I think they're gonna, their mm. anniversary is in December, I believe. Gotcha. I didn't realize they were around that long. Oh, yeah, they're, they're relatively new. Yeah, I, I knew they were around at least a year. I wasn't expecting anything longer oh, than yeah, that. Oh, no, yeah, I think, I think it's their second or third anniversary, I want to say. Nice. I think it's third. 
But uh, Drew is uh, over in, uh, I think, uh, Denmark, I believe. Uh, maybe Copenhagen, I want to say. Oh, wow. Because uh, there's this uh, venture between McKellar and Three Floyds, uh, this like tap room, uh, brew pub type thing, uh, War Pigs, and he's brewing there. Oh, wow. Neat. If, yeah, so if you ever go, yeah, people poo-poo on Gary, but you know, there's, you know, there's signs of life there, like uh, Ancient Sweet is like one of them. It's yeah. A, they brew some good stuff. Uh, you know, the bottles and stuff, you know, are on the higher end, but, you know, it's, you, know, you get what you pay for, and what you get, uh, pay for is some pretty damn good beer. Nice. And, you know, if you like uh, Three Floyds, or if you're uh, based in the Twin Cities, and you like uh, Surly, uh, kind of a similar aesthetic, you know, uh, metal-type artwork, I'd say, and then, you know, Heavily Hop, also, you know, some really funky experimental-type stuff. They have this really uh, cool uh, Sour Series uh, Sour Note. Nice. Very cool. Um, and uh, Drew is a really nice guy from, uh, I've known a few people who've, you know, met him, and you see him very down to earth, very nice, very polite. Nice. A cool dude. Uh, moving on to other movie franchise news, today they officially confirmed uh, three movies in the Godzilla franchise. Can, can you believe that, a Godzilla franchise? Uh, they announced Kong, Skull Island, which has already been announced. But they officially confirmed it's part of this franchise. Godzilla 2. I wish they were doing Candy Apple Island. You know why? Why? They got apes there, but they're not so big. Aw, <laughs> oh, Candy Apple. Uh, where are we going? Skull Island. Oh, I wish we were going to Candy Apple Island. Candy Apple Island? What do they got there? Apes, but they're not so big. <laughs> uh, Life, but we'll put them on Broadway. Then we'll sell monkey stew to the army. <laughs> and then they, uh, Godzilla 2, which has already been announced as well. And then they also announced officially, and all these have release dates now too, which I'm too lazy to look up. I know this next one is coming out in 2020, which, you know, it's five years away, but that's that's not too long, especially if you're having like a movie every other year. Uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong. My only problem with that is how large... Godzilla was in last year's movie. He was taller than skyscrapers in Los Angeles. How does that work? How does that work? Godzilla's what? Four stories tall? Well, maybe maybe there was an atom bomb dropped on a banana grove. <laughs> True. And uh, Monkey got a hold, uh, Gorilla got a hold of it. And True, but if it's the same King Kong that's going to be in... Skull Island? He would be bigger than the fucking island. That's true. <laughs> I'm just saying. Shrink Ray. <laughs> right? Godzilla. Oh, okay. Or maybe it's like a pack of uh, King Kongs. Maybe. It's like Dawn of the Planet of the Kong. <laughs> Which, uh, slight uh, 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 leave here. Um, Steve Zahn. Was just cast in the next Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> I like Steve Zahn. <laughs> Me lot. too. He doesn't get enough credit. So, <laughs> remember that movie that he did a couple of years ago, Strange Wilderness, the animal documentary. Uh, I never watched it. It it was interesting. Uh, the, there was like that uh, clip that went kind of viral, like with the shark opening its mouth. <laughs> yeah, I never that saw was that. from that. Gotcha. Uh, huh. Interesting. I like Steve Zahn. My favorite Steve Zahn uh, role was uh, in Bad Thing You Do. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, uh, who are your favorite bands? 
Uh, Captain Gage and the Shrimp Crack Shooters. <laughs> uh, Daddy Daycare. No, yeah, that's right. Uh, um, Didn't he dress up as... That's right, there was a kid who dressed as the Flash. Yeah. And then there was... Uh, he was in that movie with Christian Bale, where they were POWs. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the one about Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, I, I own it. I don't remember the name of that one either. My brain is not working. I apologize, audience members. Um... Shit, I don't remember. Pacific something, right? I'll find it. Uh... Pacific Rim, no. I wish. That would have been awesome. Um, shit. That's the name of it. Rescue yeah. Dawn. Rescue Dawn. I should have I known because I just said Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, Rescue Dawn. That's that's correct. That was a good movie. I never saw it. I know that you and Matt saw it. I think. And you yeah, liked it. it was really good. It came out in oh holy shit. Oh four, oh five, oh six, oh six. <laughs> Ten years next August, I think. For some reason, I always thought it came out before Batman Begins. Huh. Maybe the, maybe the, what you're thinking of was for the because he was in uh, Ready to Fire, right, Christian Bale? Yeah, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Man, that movie sucked from what I've heard. Uh, I liked Ready to Fire. I heard like it's like you know the cool concept people fighting dragons in that in the future, like a poster park like dragons came out of this mine and lit the world on fire and it's a bunch of people trying to fight dragons in an old castle. It was oh, neat. now I get it. Uh, now I get why it's called Ring of Fire because uh, fire is falling from the skies and the dragons are also ruling. It's a fun. yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. I, yeah. Well done, Hollywood. Well, I liked it. No. Granted, I was. High school? High school. I was, it was four, you know, 11 years ago. So, <laughs> that look on your face, Drew. That God, look on your face. Holy shit, that, that, means our, like, that means our best summer, like one of our best summers ever, the summer of 2005. Yeah. The, the first summer we had any, hang out with anybody who could drive was uh, 10 years ago. I know, Fuck. right? Right? 10 years since uh, we got into that argument with that nerd about Batman Begins. I know. That will be in a movie someday. Or a web series. I want it in a web series. I could like drop some uh, knowledge on him about uh, <laughs> the, the Ken Russell version of Tommy. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. The times. They are changing. Time fades away. Um. <laughs> Moving on to something less dark. Well, we're, yeah, we were talking about Kong. And Godzilla, I just don't see the size. I don't see that working. Um, well, you know, uh, it's not the size of the boat, it's the motion of the ocean. You know, if this Kong's a good fighter, then, you know, we might have a chance against the lizard. I mean, you know, Godzilla won throat. last time by, or no, Kong won last time by ripping his jaw off. Like, he pulled it off in uh, Peter Jackson's Kong as well. Well, uh, oh yeah. T Rex. Well, uh, the, look at it this way, uh, uh, playoffs uh, last year, uh, Thunder versus Clippers. They put Chris Paul on Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant's like I think six ten, six eleven. Chris Paul's maybe six three, six four. Fair enough. But six, uh, Chris Paul's also a pretty good lockdown defender, and it worked. He shut down Kevin Durant for like a game. So yeah, yeah fair enough. Fair enough. But not, my idea. I'm was... not sure if King Kong is like you know a generational point type point guard, but who knows. <laughs> uh-huh. The King Kong or Godzilla Two will feature King Ghidorah, Rodan, Mothra, 
All the monsters are in it. So, maybe, just maybe... They cut him down to size. Godzilla gets killed. And then we get Godzuki. Oh, God. For Godzilla versus King Kong. It's still Godzilla. He's just a bit smaller. Or could they bring back the 1998 American Godzilla to fight him? No. No. They brought him back. They the Toho used his. Yeah, yeah he got his ass kicked. Yeah. yeah, Godzilla Wars or something like that. So he was the first one dead. Yeah, people do not like Zilla. No, no. Oh, my, my mother is home. Good to know. Good to know. At least she stopped playing in the garage because that would be like. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, that would be like. Yeah, uh, because she has all this glassware well, everywhere. True. But I was thinking it would be like... Uh, oh, I forgot to take out the trash today. Whoops. Uh, it would be like... Uh, I, I want to say it's uh, Whacking Day. Because uh, Bart gets kicked out of school and he's homeschooled by mom, uh, by Marge, and then uh, Homer drives in because he forgets they're in the garage and they almost get killed because uh, the classroom is set up there. Gotcha. That's the one with the... Uh, well, speaking uh, of which, FX is doing a uh, marathon of uh, Treehouse of Horror. Oh, nice. So... That's that's fun. I've always wanted to sit down and watch them all in one of the sitting. The Jurassic of Horrors are pretty fun. Yeah, even now they're still fun. Some of them are my favorite. Like have some of my favorite Simpsons moments. Like, uh, <coughs> Dad, you killed the zombie Flanders. He was a zombie. <laughs> or uh, uh, it's called the shinning. You want to get Maybe sued? <laughs> Urge to kill fading. Come, family. Let's sit around. Television's warming, glowing, warming glow. <laughs> or uh, one of my favorites, uh, Time and Punishment, where Homer... Uh, Becomes 3D? Is that that no, one? No, that's uh, that's Homer Homer Cubed. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, time and Punishment is the toaster one. Ah. Are they from the same episode? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I feel like they might be. Or at least in that same era. Yeah, like a, I want to say it's... They might be separated by a couple of years. Let's see what the segment starts. Homer Cubed is from Treehouse of Horror 6. And? Uh, let's see. Uh, the, the, the segment tonight, that, that one which ends it, uh, Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores. Okay. And uh, the Nightmare on Ring Carrots, the Nightmare on Elm Street parody. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Let's see. I'm going to say Time time, uh, time and Punishment is uh, like Treehouse of Horror uh, 5 or 4. Okay, so I mean it's close. I mean, kind of in the same time area. Yeah, Trace of Horror Five. So yeah, yeah, part of the golden era. Yeah. All right, Homer. Think back to the advice your dad gave you when you. If you ever travel back through time, don't kill anything. The slightest change could change the future. <laughs> mustn't crush. Mustn't kill. Uh, I wish. I wish. I wish I hadn't killed that fish. <laughs> That's not going to change the future, right? So what else was on our agenda? I feel like I talked about other stuff before we recorded. Uh, yeah, we're still in the beer corner segment, obviously. Yeah, I, that's a continuous. Um, well, uh... You know, I, I thought about it when we were wondering what the show was going to become. And it's just, it's worked out. The past couple episodes have just been more of the same, just without David. So it's worked out pretty nicely. But I thought about recording... Because I was thinking about doing segments, 
a, a segmented show, which could still work if we do try a special every once in a while, maybe mm-hmm. give it a shot. But I was thinking with these beers, if we just recorded one long beer corner and then cut up each beer to throw in an episode, that could have worked. I think that could have yeah. been all right. And just get like Chance and Etzel to do like a like 24 episode beer corner. Oh, God. That way they would be in 24 episodes straight. It would be kind of funny. Uh, well, other stuff on the agenda, baseball playoffs. Uh, oh, baseball playoffs. I'm not a big baseball fan, but, you know, I've kind I of... saw the guy break his leg the other day. Oh, yeah, the, uh... The, the Mets and Dodgers. Mets Dodgers yeah, with that uh, Chase Utley, uh, that slide. Uh, well, the Cubs uh, surprisingly beat the Cardinals. I thought that series was going to go to five games, but they yeah, knocked them off. Yeah, knocked uh, them which, off in four, right? Yeah. Three to one? It, yeah. Uh... First time the Cubs have ever won, closed out a series uh, with a win at Wrigley. Nice. Because they, they moved to Wrigley uh, after uh, in, 19, in 1916. Yeah. Nice. And uh, I think it was the, uh, let's see, Rizzo, maybe it was the, oh, Kyle Schwarber, I think, the that hit, he hit the, the, the it was a home run. At I didn't watch it, at, so. It landed on the scoreboard, on top of the scoreboard. And the Cubs, oh, nice. The Cubs are going to keep it. They like, uh, put a little shrine thing around a little cap thing. And, uh, nice. Kyle Schwarber is an IU alum, which is where I went. Nice. So, yeah, the Cubs are, you know, uh, basically uh, four wins away from going to the World Series. I know. Uh, almost almost going to make Back to the Future 2 uh, yeah, so somewhat accurate. So, you know, that's a possibility. And uh, uh, the Astros uh, got knocked off by the Kansas City Royals. Uh the Blue Jays uh, knocked off the Texas Rangers. Uh, Did that happen today? Uh-huh. Or maybe last night, uh, but... I thought Texas played today. No, someone plays tonight. Who plays tonight? Um, it would be the Mets and uh, the Dodgers. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but what's interesting, I, I think, because uh, the Jays were, you know, down at one point, but then they uh, they made, they petitioned Little B for his blessing, and ever since then, they've been undefeated. Nice. So, you know... As we learned in the NBA playoffs, you know, don't piss off the base god. <laughs> uh, speaking of Back to the Future 2, we watched, uh, it was College Humor, did they yeah. release that video? They did a, uh, what if Doc and Marty went to uh, the real 2015? That was a fun video. It was pretty bleak. Yeah, it is pretty bleak. I think that's the point. Uh, which, if you look at Back to the Future, we all thought that future was bleak. So they had cool shit. Yeah, like that uh, Pizza Hut thing, uh, yeah. hoverboards, the shoes. The... Well, to be fair, Nike's releasing those pumps this year. Uh, Pepsi is releasing Pepsi Perfect this week. Uh, Universal made a trailer for Jaws 19. Just a trailer. But they made a trailer for Jaws 19. Uh, we technically have hoverboards now. I know what, Lexus made one? It has it's not as cool as what it's in the movie, but technically it exists. I don't know. It's neat. It's neat that Pepsi and a couple other people are doing stuff specifically for that movie. You know, that's how ingrained that Back to the Future is. Actually, I don't know if you know this, but you you work Wednesdays. AMC's doing a trilogy marathon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That would have been fun to go to. Yeah, but you know, I'm hosting trivia, which uh, are you still gonna be doing that? Yeah. Okay, that's gonna be a, you're gonna keep that. I'll probably stop doing it like if I get into like uh, the uh, sports journalism program. There's class on you know Wednesday. Yeah. You know, no brainer to. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, we actually came in. Well, I guess I should say I because you I'm, came in second. Yeah, uh, in Indy's uh, best of Newball awards for uh, best trivia night. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Congrats. 
That's I, pretty awesome. I should probably not finagle like a razor or something out of that, but yeah, I don't care enough to do that, and you know, I, I slack off enough there that you know. If you won, then I'd be like, "Well, you didn't win." Yep. <laughs> Tell everything goes, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, what was next? Um. Well, we were going to talk about like the uh, NBA's returning uh, in. Uh, Two weeks, actually, like there was one. The real season that tips off. Uh, I, I'm so ready to stop watching football. I. I am so ready for something else to be on the TV at the bar. I'm sick of football already. I, you know, ever since I became a giant hoophead, I've basically lost interest in the NFL, and then you know, Roger Goodell being a giant dickhead, you know, has made that very easy, and then like you know, shit like you know them. You know, sweeping the Ray Rice thing under the rug until, you know, more stuff came out. And, yes, like, the several about concussions on there. It's like, you know, and then penalizing players for, you know, having fun and celebrating their accomplishment. Like, they score touchdowns. Like, you know, you guys you guys are fucking lame and old. And, you know, the NBA is much cooler. I mean, you know, no way in hell would the NFL ever have a show, like, inside the NBA. I know, right? Which is awesome. Which might be the best. Which might, might be, be the be best part of the NBA. Which yeah, it might be the best sitcom on television. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I accept that answer. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, Pacers are going to be interesting to watch this year because very new look, very new uh, philosophy as far as uh, offense uh, goes, and maybe even defense because you know they uh, traded their best rim protector, one of the top, uh, you know, top five, top ten rim protectors in the league. Uh, it was. Wasn't, you know, Yamahini is going to pick, pick up that starting role that left behind by Roy Hibbert. Uh, you know, he's a little bit more spry, uh, you know, because uh, they, they used him, uh, like, in that matchup against the Atlanta Hawks uh, last year. They gave him such fits because uh, yeah. they had uh, the Hawks were running, uh, you know, uh, like five players who could, you know, hit the, hit the three. Yeah. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm, what's most interesting to me to watch this season is, uh, as far as Pacers go, uh, how well uh, Paul George is going to take to playing the four, you know. Uh, if it goes poorly, I could see him demanding a trade, uh, like, mid-season, perhaps. Uh, really? If it goes that badly. Why don't they just... Couldn't they just move him back? Well, yeah, but, but you know, they have seen the Adam on playing the style. I just don't think they have, you know, the uh, personnel yet to play to play that style. I mean, yeah. it, it could work, but, you know, that's going to be challenging. I could see, you know... Uh, Vogel potentially getting fired midseason, uh, depending on how things go. That'd be interesting. Uh, I think I think they would just move Paul George back if it's going that badly. Some of the speculation I think is you know they might try the uh, small ball lineup for forty minutes and then if that you know in uh, crunch time situation they might you know try and play it like their their you know their standard. They, yeah. Gotcha. But you know there, there's some interesting storylines for this year. Of course you know return of Paul George, uh, the return of Kevin Durant from injuries. Uh, not to mention, you know, uh, he becomes a free agent this summer. There's a lot of big free agency stuff. The cap goes up. Uh, so, you know, as ridiculous as some of the contracts were this summer, you know, there's potential for... Uh, Even more, yeah. Ridiculousness. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, speaking of the NBA, uh, there's been some uh, sad news the last uh, few days. Uh, uh, NBA, uh, I think it was like a two-time two time or more NBA champion, Lamar Odom, uh, he uh, was found uh, unconscious in a Nevada brothel, Bonnie uh, Ranch from that, from that uh, HBO series uh, Cat House. Uh, yeah, he took a lot of drugs in his system. Uh, and he, he's a man who's had a hard life. Uh, his uh, I think his yeah, mom, he's married to a Kardashian. Uh, his mom uh, died of uh, cancer when he was like twelve. His dad was a drug addict. Uh, 
He lost a kid, he lost his uh, child to sudden infant, infant death syndrome in 2006. Yeah. Uh, he's battled with addiction, depression. Yeah, uh, he recently got. It's not been finalized, but he got divorced from uh, I think Chloe Kardashian. No, actually, they're they're not divorced. Right, it's not finalized. Separated. Well, it's still in the court. I was not reading like, oh, a, gotcha. like a two months or so, so she still has you know uh, say over like you know health decisions and stuff for him. But you know he's uh, he, you know he's been struggling quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Since you know leap, you know not, uh, falling out of the league, uh, he's thirty five. You know, but he's really talented, and by every account I've heard of him, like you know the consummate teammate, you know a good yeah. locker room guy. Uh, and Alvin Gentry, the uh, new coach of the Pelicans, um, he uh, coached uh, Lamar at the early part of his career on the Clippers, and uh, he got fired mid-season. And uh, Lamar reached out to him around that time and said, "You know, you know, I feel partially responsible. I, you know, I wasn't doing what I should have been. You know, uh, you know, partially my fault that you got fired." And he said, "You know, in his 27 years in this league, that's you know, that, that's the only time someone has ever done something like that." Oh wow! So you know, everything I've heard, you know, this guy has a heart of gold. Just you know. Hmm. He has some problems, so, you know, uh, yeah. we wish him, you know, a speedy recovery and hope for the best. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to see anybody go through that. And clearly he was having issues and all that, but... Yeah, it sounds like he's just, you know, having a really, really rough time at the moment. Yeah, things are looking bleak, but not hopeless. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's depending on how long he's in the coma, and there could be brain damage, and it's just yeah. going to be, you know, really touch and go going forward, but yeah. now we... We hope for the best for him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in other sports news, uh, this Sunday, uh, the Balgazi matchup, uh, Patriots versus Colts uh, at home. Did uh, you see Flat 12's new beer? No. They have uh, the deflator. It's, uh, it's the, the, the can is it says deflator mm-hmm. on a football with air coming out of it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I want to say that Smoking Goose, like Goose the Market's doing like a special meat release, like uh, maybe with Flat 12, like they might use the beer in it, yeah. to, like, you know, uh, called the deflators, something similar to that. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, I bet the Patriots will win just because oh, the yeah, Colts have been kind of a mess this season, and Andrew Locke. Hasselbeck's been looking solid. Yeah, he's been, he's, you know, he looked better than uh, he had in the preseason, like, you know, there was uh, speculation that, you know, maybe that he, you know, lost his temper to him, you know. Who can blame him? You know, he's a 40-year-old man. I mean, yeah. He's been in the league 18 years. Yeah, he's mostly been, you know, kept around because, you know... Uh, he's a good backup. Good backup, you know, good uh, good guy to have around, your locker room guy. Yeah. You know, good guy to, you know, uh, mentor, you know, a young quarterback. Yeah, but, for you know, sure. You know, he, he's, looked, he's looked like the best part of the Colts the past two games. Like, he's the reason they got those wins. Yeah, he's... And, you know, I'm hoping Luck steps in and makes those short passes that he was making, those short, quick passes. You know, why not? It's, evidently, it's working for the team. We've gotten two Ws against two terrible teams, but still, one win. Know, there's some, you know, some, you know, uh, there are some good things that come out of those wins. I mean, let's start with the Jazz, but with the Texans, you know, they uh, the offensive line seems like it's, you know, really gelled the last couple, the last two games or so. Yeah. Uh, they really limited the effectiveness of J.J. Watt, who's, you know, one of the best... Uh, Defensive players in football at the moment. So. Yeah, true, very true. Uh, plus, you know, the Patriots—they just lost their uh, left tackle for the year. Uh, oh oh the, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, they've used the most uh, uh, O-line combinations in the league. I read like eleven different combinations this season. So you know, uh, you know, that might mean the Colts favor a little bit on Sunday. But you know, they need really need to get their you know pass ru- pass rush a little bit more aggressive. So it's and also Luck's never beaten. Mm-hmm. There's that too. Yeah, he's uh, 0 6 against them or 0 4. 0 4, I think I heard today. Yeah, so. 
we'll take it. We'll, we'll, we'll all watch that game. But you know, I, I've been thinking. You know, the Patriots and the Spurs are very similar in that. Uh, you know, they're both. You know, except I like everybody on the Spurs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that you know, they're, they're, you know, there's the coach and player combination with the Spurs with uh, Duncan and uh, Popovich and yeah. Brady and Belichick. You know, they they both you know, both teams kind of represent. You know, the the good and bad of their league. You know, the Patriots, you know, the most, you know, disgusting, you know, they, you know, they, they break the rules or, you know, uh, kind of bend them within, re- you know, within the letter of the law sometimes, but, you know, it's like, whereas the Spurs, you know, uh, Belichick is Popovich without any of the redeeming qualities. Yeah. At least, you know, in public and stuff like that, but, you know, yeah, I like the Spurs a lot more than uh, the Patriots. Plus, uh, Brady came out of the Donald Trump supporter, so fuck that guy. No, I caught part of his press conference yesterday. What was all that about? Who uh, Brady? Brady? Well, it's probably because the you know like the you know part of the, uh, part of the course for you know leading up to uh, this week's game, yeah. especially being you know a rematch with the Colts. You know, my guess is you know the Patriots you know take a lead. They're going to keep piling the points on. You know, make a point because you know. I'm glad I'm not working downtown this weekend because I guess uh, CBS is going to be there all day Friday doing. Like Colts Blue Crew or whatever from Sun King. I'm glad I don't work there anymore. Downtown anymore. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Oh, yeah, I have to. Uh, never mind, I have shit I have to do tomorrow. I gotta wear fucking cold stuff to work. I got a, I got a bartender in the evening. Uh, gotcha. Then, uh, luckily, I don't have the opening shift that's smoking goose because that would suck. Because. I'd, you know, uh, get done, like, you know, maybe 2 o'clock or so, uh, and have to be up uh, for a shift at 9.30. Ooh. You know, I have a closing shift tomorrow. I yeah. Just, gotcha. Uh, and I have Sunday off, then I have to work a double on Monday. Ouch. And I, I was, I was pretty exhausted from... I can imagine. Because uh, up until last Friday, I worked 14 days in a row. Ouch. I, I kind of did that once I started up at Sun King uh, in Fisher's. Uh, I went all, I had one day off in a two week period. It was like a Sunday. It sucked. It wears on you just cause. Yeah. Even, well, if, even if it's an easy day at work, it's just that, you know. Every day is an easy day at work up there. It's time flies because we have TVs. So uh, even when nobody's there, I'm just watching TV. <laughs> in the middle of the day, turn on Parks and Rec. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure people listening would love to hear that. Uh, what else was on our agenda? Was that it? I don't know. We, had we, had? More, uh, we talked about Lamar Odom. Uh, we talked about Bob Grassi. We talked about the X-Men TV rights. FF movie rights. Oh, we talked about Godzilla. The Ancient Con. We talked about the Alien Superstructure. We haven't talked about the Mummy reboot or Spectre. Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, Universal is rebooting their their Mummy franchise. Which a lot of people don't realize that the Mummy films with Brandon Fraser were part of the Universal Monsters. A lot of people don't realize that. Go ahead and finish it. Uh, but they were. They totally were. And, uh, well, it appears that the reboot will have a female mummy. That's all I have on that. That's interesting enough. Yeah, you know, it should be interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure, like, you know, uh, we don't really know much about, like, you know, when it will take place or anything like that, but, yeah. you know, 
Hopefully it's a, as enjoyable as the Brendan Fraser films were. Yeah, for sure. Except for the, the third one? Yeah, I never saw that one, but I heard mixed things. I've seen parts of it. I never sat down and watched it, though. It's only because it didn't have Rachel Weisz. Yeah. They recasted her. They, the same character was there. Evie, yeah. Evie, is that what her name was? She was there. But they recasted. And I'm sorry, Rachel Weisz was gorgeous in those films. I know that's a shitty reason to complain, but I don't know. It just... It, I don't know. It bugged me. I didn't want to see it because of that. Um, but, you know, Universal's tried repeatedly to relaunch their monsters. Why don't you think they can do it? Do those monsters just not hold a their gravitas anymore? Do they not have... I, I think that's part of it, maybe. Gotcha. Where it's like, you know, about... I mean, I, I'm not saying you know, it's impossible, but I think in the current climate, maybe maybe you have to kind of you know uh, uh, t- take you know the, you know take stock of the you know current uh, horror climate. You know, I, I think it's you know kind of moved away from that. But not, you know, like the monster you know horror films, that, you know, could easily you know come back in you know, another ten well, years or so. Well, what is today's horror climate? You know, we've moved on from the torture porn. What is today's current horror climate? Well. Um, I know that, like, on the Ventus board, Ethan Van Skyper had this, uh, the comic book artist had this interesting theory about, which said, you know, what kind of horror movies, you know, glom onto the public's imagination, like, when it's, uh, when, uh, his theory was, like, you know, when, uh, Democrats are not in president, uh, vampires are popular, when it's Republican, uh, werewolves, yeah. uh, so, you know, I think a lot of, uh, you know, horror, I mean, like, you know, uh, we're kind of seeing the realities of, you know, climate change and how it's affecting things, so, you know, uh, I, I I call like a lot of the zombie films like or even oh, TV yeah. shows. Oh yeah, uh, think about that zombie movies. Uh, you know, it's all, you know like it, we're using zombies, you know, as a placeholder for you know our fellow humans because you know when when you know uh, when you know what we've done to our planet and stuff, you know when it finally you know comes back, uh, and, you know bites us in the ass. Yep, you know we're gonna be fighting against you know our fellow man uh, yeah. for survival. So I think that's kind of it. I think the. Those post-apocalyptic films uh, and horror films of that nature kind of, you know, pick up on those uh, threads of fear. Gotcha. That makes sense. Because um, I'm having a hard time even thinking of, like, what's been the current trend with horror movies. I mean, I, I can't wait to see Crimson Peak this weekend. I'm super excited to see that. All I can think of really is, uh, you know, uh, kind, of the, kind of, you know, the found footage one has become popular. Yeah, but then it's also kind of gone away already. Mm-hmm. There were a couple that came out within the past couple of years, but they've they've slowly gone away. Even okay, there's another paranormal paranormal activity opening up, but at the same time, hell, that first one came out ten years ago. You know that? Wow. It, well, it didn't get a wide release until two thousand eight, but that movie was originally came out in small circuits in two thousand five. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, that movie celebrated its 10th birthday this year. Um, uh, well, at least according to the, the Wikipedia page, you're very, very close, actually. It was yeah. 2007. 2007? Yeah. No, that's what time it, I think it came out, like, theatrically. Oh, well, that was at Screen Fest when it came out, and then theatrically was uh, 2009. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Eh, I'm not sure about that. You might want to check. I mean, I know you are checking, but... Yeah, that's what Wikipedia is telling me, yeah. I just saw a 10th anniversary video on it. Huh. Hold on. Well, 
pit me. Maybe they like you know like a short film of it. Uh, you know. Maybe. You might know better than me. I just. Uh, I'm I'm looking it up. Paranormal Activity. Okay, that's say 2007 on the IMDb page. Maybe there was something else. But I thought it was like stuck in. I thought it was like stuck in a. Uh, release paradox sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, now it was shot in 2006, so maybe I was wrong. Okay. Alright. I mean, definitely close enough. I mean, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I really, like, you know, apart from, like, maybe the zombies and, like, you know, like, this fascination, like, you know, with post-apocalyptic horror, I really can't think of any, you know, uh, like, real through line of uh, what the focus is. I mean, cause yeah. Early 2000s, I can point to, like, you know, the torture porn, like, Saw, Hostile. Those were later 2000s, but right. I, I would even say, they were like, 2005 through 2010, so. Yeah, that, that like, that trend, like, uh, seemed to me like the, because we worked in a movie theater that, around yeah. that time period, uh, seemed like, uh, like, one of the trends was, like, uh, re less, you know, supernatural threats and more, like, you know, serial killers and, uh. Existential type threats. Uh, Read the can. Oh, when, uh, when we get to it, finish your sentence. Finish uh, your thought. Where like you know, like you know, you know, everyday people uh, rather than like you know, supernatural foes. Uh, although I think the Kane movie, as we call it. Yeah, see no evil. <laughs> yeah. You know they did a sequel to See No Evil That's with Kane awesome. still in it. Uh, we are drinking a beer from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, uh, from Coop Ale Works. Co-op. Co-op. Oh. It's co-op. Oh, cool. Uh, spare rib pale ale, uh, big on late hop flavor, easy on easy on bitterness. Our American pale ale has a heaping portion of Columbus and Amarillo hops. Uh, Amarillo, uh, if you want to say it like American, added after it leaves the brew house. Nice. Try this refreshing uh, gas station beer with your uh, nearest companion. Nice. It's it's all right. It's pretty solid. Yeah, like uh, the Amarillo makes sense because the. Uh, it's good that they used Columbus hop because Amarillo by itself is very grassy. It's, yeah, we uh, probably should have drank this one early. Yeah, probably. Um, because it's, it's rather mild and tame compared to the, the yeah. recent stuff that we just drank, especially after that 18th Street. Yeah, that one was... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it hit you. This is like Muggsy Bogues. That was... Uh, my new bowl. They actually they were like teammates. The color, too. They were actually teammates uh, when they played uh, briefly for the uh, Bullets in the uh, early nineties, I think. Gotcha. Um. Yeah. Uh. Well. Uh. Again, with the movies, I mean, okay. There's the Conjuring, which was phenomenal. It follows, which was really good. Like there have been good horror movies, but just nothing that's trending I guess that's my last thought on that mm -hmm. um yeah but I, I would like to I would like to see the Universal movies make a comeback and you know they tried it with Dracula with Dracula Untold but I don't think they took the right approach uh that was a, it just wasn't that great of a movie to begin with and I, I think for some reason there's this idea that you know uh this doesn't just go for horror that for uh we have to know everything about a character, uh, like we, uh, like like the bad guys or whatever. You would know about their origins, you know. Yeah. Well, the, the movie got interesting because I watched Dracula Untold. It got interesting at the end of the movie. That's the problem. 
mm-hmm. because it was an origin film and then it jumped ahead to modern day. And that's the movie. Like, if it were to have gotten a sequel, that's a movie I would have liked to have seen. It makes me think of, like, you know, some of the stuff that Disney's been doing, like, with, uh... Taking the villain side, like, yeah. Maleficent. And Where, you know, Upcoming like a... Jafar is getting a movie. Which, if they're gonna have the genie in it, how can you do it without Robin Williams? Yeah. Uh... Jane Castaneda, like they did for the uh, second Aladdin. Second Aladdin, yeah. Yeah, right, okay. Sure. Uh, but, uh, I, I, so, so uh, I really can't speak for all the Universal monsters, but my, my guess is that maybe they're doing some, something similar where you get, you know, like a, kind of a nuanced portrait of the monster, you know. Where, where, you know well, I liked, did you see Wolfman? I didn't. I liked that, too. That was a good reboot with Benicio Del Toro. That was a good movie. Uh, well, I was going to say, you know, uh, Maybe, you know, what kind of, you know, gives the universal monsters, you know, their power and their, you know, makes them horrifying is, you know, uh, they're kind of unknowns. You don't know what kind of what their motives are. You know, like, they're, you know, like, beasts, you know, mindless beasts, you know, you know, uh, yeah. moving forward, you know, based purely on instinct. So, or, you know, from ancient evil, like Dracula or uh, the mummy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I Can a, a character like Frankenstein work today? Can that work in today's cinema? Uh, yeah, I, I think. I, th- I mean, not, 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 like, not like that. Uh... <laughs> not like the Two Face movie? <laughs> yeah, you know, that yeah. Well, you know, because I think you do something interesting with that, like, you know, because, you know, you raise questions about, like, uh, you know, that are relevant to today's uh, society, like, you know, bioethics, uh, you know, limits of science. Mm-hmm. Well, the question is, would you, would you set them modern day? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Would you just try to adapt them into our world? Or do period pieces? You know, I think both could work, you know, because you, you, don't, you don't have to be set in the modern world to be, you know, relevant to, you know, the modern society because, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the themes and uh, ideas you expand upon and, you know, a period piece can be relevant to what's yeah. going on in the world. The Brendan Fraser movies took place in, what, the 30s? 20s think, or 30s? Yeah, 20s or 30s, I want to say. And Wolfman took place in Victorian London or around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, and I would like to. I think I might like the modern take on them. Keep them fresh, you know. My I, I could see if they were set in. Oh, someone doesn't want to go see it because it's set in old times. Because mm-hmm. that's how people think. It's kind of like you know. Have you ever gotten those people that come into books and brews and they're just like, well, let's let's take it with like Sun King. Mm-hmm. All right. I want a Wee Mac. And that's all they'll drink. They won't even try anything else. I think that culture is represented of everything, not just the beer they drink. You know? I think it can be translated to the other stuff that people consume. I feel that way about people who only drink hoppy beers. It's yeah. like, oh, baby just, uh, baby just uh, got the tricycles on, got the training wheels on his uh, craft beer bike. Which, you know... I get why they might be... And we've done nothing but drink IPAs this evening. Yeah, well, I get why they might be drawn to that, because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very different taste than, you know, like your standard, you know, macro-produced lager, but yeah. uh, I really, you know, uh, I really only objected if they, you know, uh, they refused to, you know, try something else, or, you know, uh, what really gets my goat is uh, they have, like, their girlfriend or wife in, he's like, uh, yeah, she only drinks girly beers, it's like... Yeah, well, here, take this delicious brown ale and see if they like it. Yeah, like, like that's like, happened to me the past two days. We have we uh, released a Mojo Finger, uh-huh. which is a, a, a brown ale with chocolate and uh, cocoa taste to it. 
And everybody that's come in and has ordered Wemac, I've given them a sample of this. And I was like, all right, before you just walk up here and order a Wemac, take this. And I've upsold every growler in the past two days to the seasonal. Yeah, but I'll do that too. Like if somebody comes in like at Books and Brews and they're like, uh, uh, yeah, I'll take a bottle of Clifford. It's like, well, before you do that, you know, have it try uh, Tinker Tail. It's a hobby red. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it has a 70 IBU, but, uh, you know, the perceived hobbiness is uh, not 70 because the malt balances it out. Yeah. It's like a... Because, I mean, really, it, it, I would say it takes more skill to brew a Pilsner than it does to brew an IPA. Yeah, uh, probably. IPAs are still difficult to make, but Pilsners, you know, it's a very transparent sound. Like, uh, like it's like a, it's like yeah, recording, you know, bass and drums versus, you know, a whole orchestra, you know, where, you know, one person in the orchestra fucks up, you know, we're not going to affect things. But, you know, if the guitar player fucks up on a recording, you know, we're going to know. Yeah, for sure. With Pilsners, you don't have the hops to hide your mistakes behind. Uh, yeah. True. You know, like, the difference between saying, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, like, you know, the darker beers. I, I generally like the hoppier stuff, you know, which is fine. You know, yeah. it's her own. But, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, get my wife a girly beer. She likes those, like, wit beers. And... <laughs> like, don't be an ass, sir. Yeah, right. Which, I don't know if you've noticed working in Fishers, there's a lot more people like that. <laughs> yeah, as, as a friend of mine calls that Sun King, White Flight Sun King. <laughs> kind of. Uh... It's kind of, uh, people are very, very, uh, they're dicks up there. Kind of. Very, uh, let's, how should I put it? Besides just saying they're dicks. They are, uh. Abrasive? True, yes. They are, they think they deserve everything. Entitled? Entitled. They are very entitled. Here, look, we have three different lines. Everybody's coming up to the register. Don't stand between them and demand a beer. I was, uh, that happened to me the other day when I went to, you know, the Speedway near uh, Lucas Oil Stadium? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. On, there on South and uh, Kentucky? Exactly. Uh, like, there was a, long, a pretty long line, and then this uh, one up, another employee came, uh, opened up another line, and, you know, uh, he's like, I can help whoever's next. And then this woman who was, like, you know, three or four people deep uh, walked over there. Uh, well, don't do that. Don't do that, people. And so, uh, like, uh, we were all, like, all the, like, you know, mixed group of there, like, the line, we were all looking at each other. It's like, uh, it's like, well, I guess, you know, I guess she did, has learned about uh, line uh, protocol. In elementary school. Uh, yeah. What were we talking about? We were talking about Universal Monsters. I think it's time to move on from that. And, uh,. Spectre, we had Spectre on the list. Was it just because of the poster I showed you? Uh, yeah, like, and we'll also, you know, like, I think there's been some new trailer, a new trailer coming out recently, or... Uh, a trailer, a new trailer did come out, uh, and we, I mean, I think we talked about that last week when we were talking about the Sam Smith song, though. But yeah, the IMAX poster came out. The most boring IMAX poster, it just has Bond wearing a skull mask. He looks like the guy who survived the nuclear explosion in the new Metal Gear. Yes! Who, you it know, looks like, like Skullface. You know who that guy looks like? Looks like a burnt Lone Ranger. Hamburglar. Yeah, oh yeah, I've seen that too. And uh, Tote from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, uh-huh. Good evening, <laughs> Yeah, which is probably closer to what it's based on. It's a good possibility. <laughs> I still haven't beat that. I, that game's fucking long. I'm 40% done. And you know me, I'm a fucking completist. Especially when it comes to the Metal Gear. 
I, I know that there's like some like uh like there's a lot of Moby Dick references and David Bowie references in that game. They there's all kinds of stuff in that game. Diamond Dogs, I know. They keep adding Equal. shit too. They just added Metal Gear Online, and I'm just like, damn it! Just stop doing this to me. I want to beat this game eventually. Like I just got to the point. Well, I just started doing them. I, I they've been available for a minute, but uh, FOB missions, forward operating base uh-huh. missions. Where you can go and uh, invade other people's uh, forward operating bases. And, like, it's so addictive. I haven't played... The last few times i played, I've just been doing those missions and haven't touched the story mode. Like, seriously? I want to beat this game. Offer this stuff to me on the side. Let me beat my game. In which I think I complained to you already about how episodic it is. And it's not the cinematic Um, mm -hmm. piece that the other games have been. Yeah, we'll get to that one here in just a second. But uh, this Bond poster, it's just him in a skull mask. I mean, maybe it'll make more sense, and maybe I'll be excited to have that poster after I've seen the mm-hmm. movie. But right now, I could give two shits. Give me that poster of him in the tactile neck. Uh, speaking of skull stuff, because, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're, uh, it's October and we're almost to, you know, we uh, begin to remember the Dia de, Dia de los Muertos. Uh, you ever heard of the game uh, Grim Fandango? Yeah. It's available for Mac. Oh yeah, I knew that. I I, I it's also it. available on the PlayStation. Store. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, I recommend it if you like those point and click games. Uh, it's, I, I, I I kind of do. I uh, beat it of. over. I beat it over a weekend. Uh, nice. It's, it's a fun story. It's Lucas Arts. I think like yeah, uh, Tim Schafer. So it's kind of like kind of like you know set in the land of the dead. Uh, so. Did they remaster it or just re? Is it the same graphic? Remastered quality? a little okay. bit. I mean, it's. It's still, you know, pretty basic, you know, pinkle shape, but, you know, it's been remastered, I think. Gotcha. Cool. It's a fun game. Uh, uh, unfortunately, this week, we can't talk about Doctor Who or Flash or Arrow, but I think we've done a great job. We're at an hour and 26 minutes. Fucking A. Uh, just wanted to, real quick, uh, David's gonna buy everybody Star Wars tickets on Monday when they go on sale. Cool. Let him know if you're down, because it's gonna be part of... My wedding celebrations. And he's going to buy them and you just have to pay him back. Sound good? Yep. Alright. And we're going to do it at a theater that does assigned seating. So we'll all have seats and we don't have to bother waiting in line with the crazy people camping out. Sound good? Yep. Alright. Um, yeah, Monday, new Star Wars trailer. So that'll be fun to talk about next week. Yeah. I'm excited to talk. I, I'm so on the Star Wars kick right now that I'm... Uh, I just I watched episode one yesterday of all pieces of shit to watch. I was watching it and uh, that's one thing we can talk about maybe next time. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll have time to have read it all. But uh, that ring theory thing you're talking yeah, that yeah, was really cool. I totally forgot to bring that up. That was really cool. I, real fast, man, that CG does not hold up. And I was watching the Blu-rays, and mm-hmm. I feel like last time I watched the Blu-rays, which was a couple years ago. Maybe four years ago, because that's when they came out. They came out my first semester of uh, grad school. The Blu-rays did? Uh-huh. I've had them that long already? Yeah. Shit, because I got them the week they came out. Yep. Uh, would have been like September or early October of 2011. Shit. I know, right? Where did that time go? Yeah, well, you know, what's a mindfuck for me is... Uh, and the. I guess it makes sense that the Indiana Jones one's been out for a couple of years already. Uh, yeah, it came out in 2012, I think. I, I went to see a screening of all four of the films, and Karen uh, yeah. Allen was, uh, before the fourth one, she did a little Q&A, which is pretty cool, in the, yeah. in the theater. Yeah. Like, That's she what was you, physically there. I yeah. Was a, uh, 
But what's a mind fuck for me is, you know, uh, it's been two years since I uh, graduated from grad school. And uh, May of last year, somebody who started uh, the fall of 2013 would have uh, graduated uh, oh. from uh, that same program. Damn. It's a mind fuck to think about. All right. No shit. No shit, Drew. Son of a bitch. Getting old. We are getting old. Okay. Both of us still live at home. Yep. At least one of us is getting married. One of us, one of us is painfully single. Well, we're getting married, but probably going to end up living at her parents' house for a minute. But, you know, we're millennials. I mean, the, the baby boomers fucked over the economy, fucked over, you know, the safety nets and everything like that, so it's... And then I had my rug pulled out from underneath me, so... Yeah, we're just, you know, trying to get by as best as we can. Yeah. That about covers it. Yep. Well, this is uh, What a down note to end on. Yep. Uh, yeah, shit. We're getting old. Yep, I'm going to be 27 in February. You know, you know when Star Wars comes out, you know what's going to be sad? What? We've been alive for over half of those movies. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, more time has passed from uh, episode one to now than episode one in Return of the Jedi. God damn it. I wasn't even alive for Jedi. I know. But more time has passed now from the time Jedi came out to episode one. That's fucked up. Well, less time has passed between those two than episode one to now. Fuck. How sad, how weird is that? <laughs> oh. All right, that's kind of epic show, guys. I'm going to hit the space bar. We ha- oh, we have one more IPA. Yeah, we're going to be drinking uh, from Champion Brewing from Charlottesville, Virginia. They're uh, established in 2012. Uh, it was a rye IPA, so we're going to get a little bit of spiciness from the rye. Uh, this West Coast-style rye IPA was made with legendary punk band NoFX and a sure stick brewed with spicy rye and a boatload of Simcoe. Oh, nice. I'm talking to Flight House. This is one dank pale ale. All right. It's called Stickin' In. Stick... Sticking, sticking in my IPA, a rye IPA, yeah, rye, rye IPA pale. Nice. Pale. All right. Well, we'll drink that, and uh, you guys have a, uh, you guys have a good one. listeners this is micus creator of the kind of epic theme song zombie kids if you're interested in finding out more about my music you can check me out at micusmusic.com also i am on itunes facebook and soundcloud you can look me up as micus music and that's m-i-k-u-s and you know the rest all right peace out everyone keep listening